your children on WXRQ 1460 AM Christian Radio. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and my mission here at For Your Children is to share the truth and love about education. There's a battle raging against the souls of our nation's children, and I hope this ministry equips you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. I want to thank Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you are in the Middle Tennessee area and you live in Columbia, Mount Pleasant, or Hohenwald, reach out to Safe Storage at safestoragetn.com and they will take care of all of your storage needs. If you would like to sponsor For Your Children, you can contact me at foryourchildren at gmail.com and I will be happy to send you that information. If you would like to donate to For Your Children for all of the projects that we are currently working on, you can contact me. There's a donate button over on my website at foryourchildren.com. You can donate there or again, you can send me an email at foryourchildren.com. I am very blessed and honored to be able to start moving around to areas all over the United States to share my message and my mission and all the information that I have put together in seminar form. So if you would like for me to come into your area and present a seminar, give me a shout and I would be happy to get that on the books. Currently, right now, I'm booked over into October. So you can find me on Instagram, for your children on Instagram, Facebook. I have a free your children page on Facebook. Of course, awesome. my email. I'm also a monthly contributor at the Borough Pulse. That's B-O-R-O-P-U-L-S-E dot com. If you put in my name, Tiffany Boyd, you will see my author page and you can read all of the articles that I have penned to date about education. My newest article coming out will focus on this new community schools agenda that is being adopted nationwide. And of course, you can also find me over on my website. I'm excited. We have a return guest tonight and I brought her back on because she has discovered something that is very important that parents need to be aware of. Her name is Lynn Taylor, and Lynn is a full-time education researcher, writer, and blogger at the CommonCoreDiva.com. So welcome, Lynn. Thank you for joining us tonight. Well, thank you, Tiffany. And I tell you what, it's really amazing that, you know, uh, things are happening to where requests are coming in for both of us to go other places and speak. So, you know, that's really a good thing. Absolutely. We want to educate as many people as possible. And I've been keeping up with you and congratulations on all of your speaking engagements that you've already held and those that are upcoming. And you are just a wealth of information, Lynn. And I wanted to bring you back on tonight to specifically speak about uh -huh. something that you discovered. And it was the Federal Register. And I'm going to let you go into detail and explain to our okay. listeners exactly what it was, exactly how you found it, and exactly why parents should be concerned. Okay. Well, thank you so much for that, Tiffany. And uh, let's just jump right in. The way that I found uh, the particular document that you're speaking about. It's called the State's Assistance to Parents with Special Needs Children. And it was 
brought to me by someone who just in conversation, hey, Lynn, did you happen to hear about, you know, the the push to remove parental consent for special needs families? And I'm like, no. And they said, yeah. And so then I went and looked. And sure enough, because I'd been to the federal registry before with other documents that have been proposals by the U.S. Department of Education, I knew exactly where to go and look. And so, you know, I went in and searched and then boom, there it was. And it was like, you You've got to be kidding me. So the entire proposal came out, I believe it was in late May, Tiffany, because my very first article came out about it in the very opening days of the month of June. And I'm like, okay, guys. And I think my article was called Parents at What Cost? Because I went through and I read the entire proposal. Uh, They have a summary for you. And that's the thing about the federal registry is no matter what department, federal agency, has some sort of proposal or regulation change or whatever, they will run it through the federal register and then say, okay, the public, here is your opportunity to chime in. And they usually give you about 30 to 60 days, sometimes a little bit more. But the point of it is, is you're supposed to be given time to speak out, whether you agree with what's going on or whether you don't. Now, here's what a lot of folks don't know. They'll go in, they'll read the summary. And because the government has twisted it to to suit their agenda, it's going to sound like, oh, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. (laughs) But you have to go in and actually read the entire documentation like I do to get to the nuts and bolts and the things that they're hiding. And it was in that that that's where I found that it said, okay, we want to remove the parental consent for every time special needs service is needed to be given by a school or a healthcare professional, they want to remove the consent of the parent. And so that doesn't sound so bad. And of course, the way they, all right, let me back that up. It doesn't sound so bad when you look at it from their viewpoint, because they're coming at it from, oh, this will save us so much money, and this will put so much more money back into the IDEA funding. Because right. we know that those with that type of funding, they're they're literally seeing their children do without services because the money has suddenly dried up. Well, the reason why it has dried up is because it's being funneled off to the administration side. Right. And so this move to remove parental consent for each time it's used is supposed to streamline the process. It's supposed to make their job so much easier. And it's supposed to align the data points between education and health care. So, you know, from that aspect, maybe not such a bad idea. But then when you get into what is covered, Tiffany, through those services, you definitely would want a parental consent because that is by removing it for all those times, you're basically telling the school or the doctor, do what you want with my kid because you've already got my consent. Well, what if it goes against your family values or your family beliefs? Mm -hmm. You've already given your consent so they can go and do what they want to do. Absolutely. And for those that are listening that may not know what IDEA is, IDEA is the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. So that's what Lynn is speaking about. And, you know, it's like they always say, the devil is in the details, right, Lynn? Right. And I think they wrap everything up in a really pretty package. And 
it sounds like you said on the surface that it is platonic, that there's no nefarious agenda attached to it. But just as you just pointed out, when you dig down deep inside, you will come to realize that this could have unintended consequences for a lot of families. And they need to be aware of this because I pinned an article not long ago and the title of it was schools have become medicalized. So what's happening is everything now is being buried under the guise of mental health. Yeah, exactly. It is. And then here's another thing in this particular proposal, which we need to point out that the public comments ended on August the 1st. Yes. So now what the Department of Education is going to do is they're going to go in and, oh, well, we got, you know, Johnny and Susie's parents to weigh in and here's what we're going to do. And here's what will change. And I want folks to be aware because watch how quickly the Department of Education is going to turn around. In fact, what we've noticed is that in that proposal, not only did it seek to say, oh, well, it's your citizen duty to, you know, reduce the burden on the government at the cost of, you know, sacrificing what happens to your uh, your children. It also went in and said, whether you have disabilities or you don't, it doesn't matter. We're going to treat everybody the same way. And that's going to be a misuse of taxpayer funding. So there's another place to look out for. Then we need to also understand that an update article in the very first part of July, and that was also one uh, about an alert and an update, because in between this public comment period that the Department of Education has come out with, the Department of Health and Human Services came out with an almost 200-page comprehensive guide, Tiffany, to really coach any service that is attached to a school. And it was all about how to use the changes that were Mm -hmm. being proposed as if they were already, you know, cemented and then go, oh yeah, well, here's how you can take advantage of school-based services. So when you talk about the community schools and those wraparound services, that would be what has been warned about for generations. Because yes. if you'll remember, Charlotte Yzerbeet had warned mm-hmm. about it. Anita Hogue has done extensive research because she was able to find that back in the 90s in Pennsylvania that they were trying to start this kind of system. And it totally takes everything out of the family's control and mm-hmm. puts it in a government control. And then you, what you find is that families are no longer able to educate or medicate in the way which suits them but what suits the government supposed outcome. Yes, and I think the reason why it fell on deaf ears back during the 80s and the 90s is because it seemed to be then that it was just isolated cases. And of course, there wasn't social media (laughs) like there is today where people can easily share information. And I think what's happening now is, this is my opinion, this is what I'm seeing, is that their agenda has ramped up. So now we're moving at breakneck speed. This is being adopted. It has been adopted nationwide. And actually, in my seminars, I specifically address this because the National Governors Association has come out with a playbook And they are teaching the governors across the states how to leverage these fundings and these wraparound services. So this it's very much happening in the state we live in, but I see it happening at breakneck speed in the in the states across the United States nationwide at this point. And I think a lot of parents don't understand that this isn't just exclusive to public schooling. This is all wrapped up in all these school choice initiatives because even if... Yes. So even if you are, if your child is in a 
private school, if that private school accepts Title I monies and these programs are being offered at those schools, that would affect the parents that are there. It affects homeschoolers that have chosen to take government money for children that have disabilities. So this has, this is much more far reaching than just public schools. Would you agree with that? Right. Absolutely. And I've been saying that for years and people have been like, oh, well, you're, you know, you're just got, you're just wrong. And no, I'm not. Because again, (laughs) if you go back to what is being put out by both the Department of Education and Health and Human Services, they're seeking to cookie cutterize how people are treated, whether they need that treatment or not. And that's a gross violation of ethics. That's a gross misuse of taxpayer funding. And, you know, if my child doesn't need that service, but yours does, why take away from the one who needs it to give to the one who doesn't? And what happened to the fact of let the parent choose how their child is is treated for whatever? You know, you don't need someone micromanaging your decisions unless it's been proven that you are incapable of making those decisions. Right. It's an assertion of parental rights. And we both know right. that the, the goal is to replace the family so that the right. government sits at the head of the table and they get to make all of the decisions. And, you know, I've been reading the U.S. Department of Education's toolkit that they just released. It's the LGBTQ plus toolkit that the U.S. Department of Education um, released to be implemented in schools nationwide, which is, of course, aligned with the CDC. And as a Christian, this is a Christian radio show. And as a Christian, if you read through that, if you take the time to read through it, I've shared it, the links over on Free Your Children, you can find it on the U.S. Department of Education's website. None of this is hidden. I've said this a million times. They are not doing this covertly. They're doing it right in front of parents' faces. So all you have to do is read it, you know, for yourself. If you don't believe Lynn, if you don't believe myself, then you can read it for yourself and see it because it's right there in black and white. But they're going to be teaching children, according to this toolkit that the U.S. Department of Education has released, that gender is fluid, that you can identify however you choose to identify. So these are things that are going to be happening. They've been directed to teach this way through the U.S. Department of Education nationwide. So if you're listening to this radio show and you think it's not happening in your school, it's most definitely happening in your school. So I think that that's what parents don't understand with this is that there is a national, there's a global push for it, but we live in the United States. So there's a national push for this and there's lots of money tied to this. Oh, yeah. And when you brought up the fact that the National Governors Association is couching and coaching our our governors, well, you know, you shouldn't be surprised. No one should be because they own half the copyright to the still very much intact Common Core state standards. Yes. You know, the other one was the council of, uh, the chief council of state school officers. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Department of Health and Human Services coming out. Well, oh, well here's the guidebook. We're going to show you exactly because if you're not on Medicaid to do all this, we're going to show you how. And it's been proven that because of the Every Student Succeeds Act and the shift in Title I funding mm-hmm. from per pupil, that's when the, the money was going to those special needs families who needed it. It it shifted from per pupil to whole school. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is where that 
big shift came in, okay, we're going to have the school be the place of academics. We'll have the doctor's office be the place of, you know, medicine. That's where it shifted and brought a lot of that into the school. Now, one of our state senators from here in North Carolina was the idiot who recalculated Title I to do that. It has then since stuck, become de facto rule, and it's been part of the framework just to morph into what Lamar Alexander from your state said way back when about, you know, we're going to be able to go to the hospital and we're going to be able to just take over the family from the time the baby's born and what mama does and all that kind of stuff. So this is not an end by any stretch. This is something that has been going on for decades. Absolutely. And the reason why we're seeing such an, an uptick in the arguments about, oh, well, we need to have rental rights and we need to have these school choice bills is because back in 2021, Fox News trotted out Betsy DeVos of all people. Mm -hmm. And she was sitting there telling you how great it was going to be. And then not long after she came out and made this big spiel about, oh, how great school choice is. Never mind the fact that under, you know, her under her watch, she had the authority to repeal the Every Student Sees Act because it clearly stated that all education had to be aligned to the same thing. Yeah. Well, if it's aligned to the same thing, Tiffany, how can there be a choice? Exactly. There is no choice. Exactly. But here's, what, but, but here's what else happened. She comes out on Fox, okay, says this about school choice. Not two weeks later, the president of the Freedom Works Caucus before God and everybody else said in an interview that the GOP would stop at nothing, and I mean nothing, to sway the 2024 election in their favor and school choice and parental rights were their kingpin issues. Yes, and that's definitely happening in our county, and I'm glad you brought that up because we have just recently had a vote for a charter school. It's touted as a classical charter school here in Murray County that's affiliated with Hillsdale that's one of the Barney Initiatives schools. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, that that's about as that is about as trustworthy as a screen door in a submarine. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought open the door for this because you are known as the Common Core Diva. And when I started doing a deep dive into this particular set of Hillsdale affiliated schools, I wanted right. to know what curric among many things, I wanted to know which curriculums that they were going to be implementing. And of course, I found out that they're Core curriculums were Singapore math, core knowledge, and there's another one, um, literacy. I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me. But what I found out was that they are common core aligned. So absolutely they are. And here's the thing. Charter schools are a misrepresentation of taxpayer funding. It's also a public-private partnership. And we know if you look at if you look at failed regimes, if you look at other go- forms of government, public-private partnerships take every bit of the public money and use it against the, the people paying for it yes. to meet the private needs of whomever is running the show. Absolutely. You do this with education and then sit there and say, oh, well, you know, it's free, you know, it's free public schooling. No, it, right. it's not. No, it's not. And it's a it's a glaring example of taxation without representation because they appoint their boards. Right. And that removes the parental voice. Now, here's the thing about parental rights. 
that we need to point out. A lot of the people will go, oh, but yes, I want the government to, to tell me what my rights are. You really do? Mm-hmm. Do you not remember who made you a parent? Right. And with that parenting responsibility came inherent rights that no government can take away from you. But when you have a government that is either at state, local or, or federal level, and there is a federal level uh, parental rights bill on the table. And yes. I'll come back to that in just a minute. But anytime you have a government that comes in and says, OK, parents, here are your rights. They're A, B, C and D. Right. They've just created enumeration, Mm -hmm. which means at any point, the government who holds the power over those rights can remove them or change them. And you are none the wiser. And then you go to exercise the right you think you have. And then suddenly, oh, it's not there. Now, let me jump over real quick to the federal level. The federal level will tie back to this Title I funding to create much like those education savings account where they attach the money to the child, therefore creating a data profile. Mm-hmm. Chip Roy out of Tennessee, uh, excuse me, Texas, mm-hmm. has proposed to attach to this national parental rights bill. Oh, yeah, we're going to take Title I funding and we're going to attach the money to the child mm-hmm. and it will impact public, private, charter, home schools. Mm-hmm. So anyone who will sit there to this day and tell me that homeschools are exempt from this, I'm going to tell them, uh, no, they're not. And I've been saying that for years. Right. Yeah, and and that's what people need to realize is that with those federal monies always come federal strings. No matter which party is trying to tell you that this is a good thing, that's just the fact of the matter. And and that's the whole big, we had a school board member here locally, and he voted against this charter initiative because, ironically, he had done his research, extensive research. And he has received so much harassment, bullying, intimidation, much of which has come from, well, I would, at this point, I would even venture to say, in my opinion, all of which has come from the local GOP establishment because they are browbeating him with the fact that the Republican Party's platform is school choice. And, you know, and I've come out and said before, if that is the Republican Party's platform, Look at the platform they're aligning with. They're aligning with the globalization of education and they're aligning with UNESCO. So either one, they're willfully ignorant or number two, they are they're part of it. So which is it? Well, well, it's both. You have those who know exactly what is going on. But here's the thing. This is not a one-party issue. This becomes a people issue because people are parents not political parties. Exactly. And this is what people need to understand. And let's remember how many times you've had people from both sides of the aisle sit there and make a big deal out about, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm crossing the aisle and I'm going to go over here on the other side and agree with them on, on, you know, this school choice or this, whatever it is. But think about this. If they're willing to, in front of your face, make a big deal about it, what are they doing behind the scenes that's in union that we don't hear about? This is why I want people, and this is why I've always written the way I have, not to tell you what to think, but show you where to look, because Mm -hmm. you need to be able to vote your conscience. You need to be able to do your own research, to stand up for your own family, because I can sit here and give you all the information in the world and help you fight for your family. 
But at the end of the day, that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is my family. Your responsibility is your family. And for this one person who has stood up mm-hmm. and, and voted against it, yay for them. And I applaud them for doing their research. And they need to stand firm. And those who have seen what is going on, those who are more independent minded, Mm -hmm. need to get behind this individual and those individuals like them so that when the bully pulpit is put into place, they can stand firm and let nothing move them. Absolutely. And thankfully, this particular school board member has troops rallying behind him from all over the nation for those who are awake and, you know, have, in fact, done their research and aren't being intimidated by these individuals who, as I said before, are either willfully ignorant or they're part of the problem to begin with. And, you know, in my seminars, I always tell the attendees that if you are depending on a political party to save you, you are going to be sadly disappointed. Did you see what I posted on social media yesterday? If you're waiting on a politician to save you, you have been properly groomed as part of the problem. I didn't see that, but I definitely agree with that because, you know, I tell people, yes, we the people have the power. The statement was made in the Declaration of Independence. I highlight that in my seminars. And, you know, I tell people, that help is not going to come from a political party or a politician. It's going to come from grassroots organizations and movements and people. And it's it's people that do not have to dance with the one that brought them. Because when you're not a politician and you have platforms like you have, Lynn, and I have, then you are free to be able to speak truth and to share information and encourage others to do their own research because we don't have to abide by some type of party ramifications or, or guidelines or whatever it is that they're they're trying to tell you that you have to follow it's it's absolutely ridiculous that this particular school board member you know what they kept saying over and over was you have to vote this way because this is the platform of the republican party so you know you don't have to do anything if it violates if it violates your ethics and your beliefs no you don't have to but let me just point out one thing We need to do our homework with our grassroots groups because what I have found in my research is, oh, we'll throw the name grassroots out there. But then when you look at who is backing them, it's like, oh, my gosh, really? It's like the hills. It's like Hillsdale. You would think, oh, from all their presence out there, they're going to be grassroots independent. No, look at who backs them. Exactly. And that changes everything. Yes. And again, it goes back to you have to do your own research. You have to follow the money. That's telling right there. When you start following the money to see where these organizations are getting their support from. You know, the thing with these Hillsdale initiatives is, as far as I know, the college claims that it does not accept any federal money. And it may not, but it has already been proven that the charter mm-hmm. schools do. They've accepted millions. As a matter of fact, I just shared. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, yes. And I just shared information the other day with proof. It, it showed exactly how much funding that they had accepted, federal funding that they had accepted. And they took the ESSER bailout money, you know, yep. all the things that kept kids masked up and, you know, right. were following the CDC guidelines. So I had a, a person in a group that I was in say, it's people like you that are preventing parents 
from getting a good education for their children because you're trying to stop these initiatives. And my response was, if you are saying that people like me who do their own research, who stand for true freedom and true parental rights are stopping initiatives that seek to promote communism and the destruction of true freedom and true private education, then I'll proudly wear that as a badge of honor. Yeah, exactly. Now, we need to understand that one of the reasons that Hillsdale is suddenly out and about and they're actively seeking to put in charters everywhere is because, again, it lines up with that agenda that, you know, hey, we're going to stop at nothing to sway this election because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're convinced an election was stolen. And let's just be honest, okay? Election funny business has been going on for decades. It is nothing new, Mm -hmm. but it's being played to this kabuki theater level that is just absolutely never been seen before. But what I wanted to point out was Hillsdale is all also getting a heck of a lot of backing from HSLDA. And the reason why is because Mike Ferris, now Mike on the surface will tell you, oh, I'm all about protecting homeschooling and nothing could be further from the truth. If you look at where HSLDA stands, they're all over school choice. They're all over early college and career tech education and the other stuff that's connected to Common Core. They're all for the, oh, yeah, let's put them, uh, let's have the money follow the child, the education savings accounts. They're on anything and everything that is popular right now. They're saying, yep, let's do it. Now, how is that protecting a homeschooler? It's not. But yet they're going to sit there and take money and tell you, oh, yes, we're here to protect you. Right. No. And and let's let's talk about this for a minute, Lynn, because I'm I'm glad you, you brought this up. A minute ago, you mentioned about Common Core. Why would Common Core curriculum not be considered classical? Because it is the same curriculum that is tied to the agreement that Bill Gates made to create a curriculum that pretty much was cookie cutter. It didn't respect special needs. It didn't respect gifted people. It didn't respect those who are, you know, not conformist it was all about oh yes let's you know align it it's and here's the thing because during the trump administration much like with um the current administration you'll hear oh well common core died when every student succeeds that came out (laughs) no it really didn't it absolutely didn't because look who still owns the copyright to the standards look at how much of the curriculum still has that copyright and at no other time in our history as a nation did we ever have copyrighted curriculum that no one could change now they'll they'll sit there and still use that argument of oh well it's only supposed to supply you up to a certain percent and you can add all you want to yeah, it that's always well, the you, excuse <laughs> Right. If you go back and you look at one of the first states to take the education savings accounts, that was Alaska. And it was the premise sounded great. It was, okay. you're so far removed from the local school and the weather sucks so bad up here that we're going to give you money so that you can educate your child any way you see fit. Well, a lot of the homeschoolers did that because, okay, I can't, you know, I'm not in the system anyway, but Mm -hmm. this will give me the money to give Johnny and Susie the piano lessons I've always wanted to, or, you know, something like that. And I'm not begrudging folks who, who 
can be able to do that. My point is they took the money and then the state of Alaska came in and said, "Okay, well, now that you've taken the money, here are the 800 to over a thousand pages that you have to put into your family's plan, whether it fits or it doesn't to keep the money. You have to do this. Now, that's not 800 to 1,000 pages for a one-time deal, my dear. It was every month. Yeah. But yeah, that's supposed to be something that I want to do. That's going to give me freedom from the system. No, it's not. No, because we all know what the government funds, it runs. Well, Lynn, thank you so much. I know you're traveling and we have bad storms here. So by the the grace of God, we were able to get this show wrapped up and done. And I appreciate all the hard work that you're doing to preserve parental rights and and homeschooling freedom and private school freedom in the United States. And thank you for sharing everything that you shared with us here tonight. You can find more information that Lynn has for you over on commoncorediva.com. I want to thank Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs and you're in the Middle Tennessee area, you can find them at safestoragetn.com. I want to remind everyone that your rights come from God, not the government. Don't ever forget that. You are equipped parents to take responsibility for the teaching and discipling of your own children. If you have questions and you would like to make the leap, you can contact me, freeyourchildren at gmail.com. And I want to leave you with this, 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. We love you here at WXRQ, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Good night and God bless.